I'm so I'm so sad you doubt me at this point. Yes. Well, no, I just want to make sure. Just no, to it's, make, good. I, it's good. It's to like have a, accountability. It's, it's like good. a comfort. It's like a comfort blanket. You know, it's like right. I just have to say it. You don't Certain have things. lemon booty during the opener now. It's fine. <laughs> what we do here is go back, 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 back. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Wheel Route Podcast. This is mildly legitimate conversation amongst friends. We talk about college football. We talk about lifestyle. Uh, you can find us at www.thewheelroute.com. We are at the Wheel Route on Twitter. We have a Gmail address, wheelroutepodcast at gmail.com. You can get us on Apple, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, all those uh, sources. My name is Logan Whitehouse. I'm on Twitter at Logo on the Dawn. Uh, coming to you guys from Stewart, Florida, where um you know we're still out here i, I don't th- not not much has changed um heat fever is sweeping is sweeping the, the greater south florida region so that's uh that's that's kind of fun um to have a good team in miami since the miami sports scene is you know it's a little lacking these days so that's that's kind of exciting otherwise life is good who else is here my name is Jordan Shank. I am in Harrisonburg, Virginia. I'm also on Twitter.com at Shank Jordan. Uh, I will admit I stayed up a little too late last night just soaking in all of the Clippers slander on Twitter, but it's totally <laughs> worth it. I regret nothing. No regrets. Super uh, worth it. Would do it again. Recommended highly. Yeah, Twitter was uh, Twitter was feeling itself last night. It was wonderful. Yeah, special uh, thanks to to Damian Lillard and CJ McCollum for their yeah. contributions. Couldn't have done it without them to the NBA Twitter sphere last night. Yeah. It really kind of seemed like we were back for like a brief minute last night. It wasn't all just like COVID like, hot. America's back. Yeah, it wasn't yeah. just like COVID hot takes and conspiracy theories and yeah. uh, and political and like uh, political stuff. It was. Let's let's all band together and fry Paul George and Kawhi Leonard for this like ridiculous display. Uh, I'm here for it. Yeah, I mean, I feel I feel like we should thank them as well. Like we wouldn't be here without them. So we also, yeah, we wouldn't we wouldn't be here without Nikola Jokic as well. Uh, so sure. shout out shout out to him and his his Doc Rivers played an important role his, in this. <laughs> his soft bloody arms. Uh, you know, <laughs> shout out to Nikola. Did you see Bomani's tweet about how like? How much funnier this would be if it was not slim Nikola Jokic because like this is this is Jokic after he's lost like thirty pounds too like he he somehow was playing like softer and like larger than this and still balling outrageous so anyhow who else is there anyways who's, who's uh, my name is uh, my name is Jason Kreck I am also here in Harrisonburg Virginia I tweet things at Jason Kreck from time to time. Uh, I'm probably the angrier of the three on the tweets, um, but you know, such as it is. Depends on the topic. <laughs> That's fair. Um, uh, I can tell you uh, this week in Harrisonburg, uh, it's quarter zip season, boys. Oh, it's it time. Is choice right now. It is. It is quarter zip <laughs> prime quarter zip season, um, and I've been taking advantage. I'm excited about it. Uh, I think we all can be. I think it's for all of us. So. <clears throat> I'm happy yeah. for you guys. I'm really happy Thanks. for you guys. I um, I noticed when I walked out of my house this morning, 
to drive to work that there was just like this there's like the slightest like 10 minute little window in the morning now where it's like kind of cool and you're like oh it's coming i can tell it's coming but i think that's just because the days are are getting a little shorter as well which is nice but we're uh we're touching like mid 40s at night here this wow yeah that's sleeping with the window window cracked a hair getting Mm -hmm. nice and snuggly this this seems like this is like the opposite of the tease week in february where it's like 70 degrees like and everyone just busts out the sundress okay gotcha Yep. You're gonna settle in for like another three weeks of like 85 and super muggy, right? Yeah, it's gonna pop right up. But like, this is it's letting us know what's coming in October. Hey, enjoy it, enjoy it. Football weather, boys. I'm saying. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Koji, no longer with us. No, just kidding. She's not here with us tonight because this is football. Phrase uh, it literally any other way. Shut up to her. <laughs> what do you boys? With how casually you said that. Yeah, yeah. You're um, definitely the first suspect whenever anything happens <laughs> to Emily. I'm gone from our lives. Officer, uh, I want you to listen yeah. to this three-second snippet. <laughs> he sounded like he'd been practicing. It was a low-budget, low, small-time podcast, um, <laughs> and he was on He was on there. Uh, what are you guys drinking? Uh, I'm drinking another Modelo with the dirty top, uh, but I've also dropped some uh, Tapatio in there tonight to uh, – yeah to mix up the the beer cocktail so we're Fancy. living moss in in the shank estate tonight <laughs> i'd love to see it uh i am drinking a kona longboard island lager there we go our uh, sweet boy made it to the grocery sweet. store Did. and reloaded it yeah. we went through uh we went through a big kona run during uh i think it was during the maybe like it was our second round of uh beers during the quarantine we were uh, we were hitting the Kona. It was it was on Mad Sale at Publix, so had to do yeah, it. Yeah, they make good beers. They're they're not gonna like like it's like a oh, it's a hundred minute IPA with a touch of so and so. It's just like a good smooth beer. Like, yeah, no, sometimes yeah, it, it's what I need. Tremendous drinkability, nice can design. You don't feel like you're like drinking Budweiser, so you know. Yeah, some of the bottles go the little squatty route. Oh, you're going bottles. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. Oh, yeah. Love I to see, see it. A little, little indent of Hawaii on it. It's great. Just a real right. feel-good beer. Um, I'm joining Jordan uh, south of the border with uh, – this is a Cerveza Pacifico. And uh, I actually got a little a little tequila floater on there too. So we're going to dig in. We got we got SEC football to talk tonight. So. Boy, howdy. Long, um, long bombs away. The, uh, here's the question. Yeah, go ahead. Is I wonder which of our three beers was brewed farthest south. Huh. You don't think Kona's brewed in like Milwaukee? Well, that's possible, but Kona's brewery is in Hawaii, so <laughs> oh, it actually is. Okay, I wasn't sure. Yeah, was yeah, like, yeah. No, Kona is from Hawaii. Well, I, I I could assume that. I just wasn't sure if uh, if it was actually brewed there. They don't they don't moonlight at the Coors Plant in Elkton to to it. Jason is. Is Hawaii farther south than part of Mexico? Uh, Hawaii is about uh, halfway to two thirds of the way down Mexico in terms of just direct north southness. Who knew? Who knew? Yeah, I did not. That's why it's like eight full hours from California. It's so far out there. Yeah, my oh, yeah. sick map behind me of the United States doesn't have Hawaii back there. Not helpful. Right. Yeah. Oh yeah, it's it's over here, down below Louisiana. <laughs> Mississippi and Alabama. Tremendous. So it's yeah, not, really helping, this weird not really helping orientation in yeah. that placement, but there's space for it because the Gulf of Mexico is there. And on it a just, map, uh, 
Efficient placement is key. Just shrugged off Hurricane Laura or Sally or whatever right. we're working on now and uh, just moved on. Also, shout out to the Gulf Coast. Hope things are going well. Looks like that hurricane's sitting there. A lot of rain. So Yeah, T's um, and P's. P's and P's. For show. Uh, all right, boys. Lifestyle moment. Jordan, you got anything to update us on? Your mustache is still looking lush. Thanks. I it's trimmed true. the rest of my face uh, earlier this afternoon during my nice. lunch break. Uh <laughs> So we're down, we're down to like a nice, a nice stubble everywhere else except above the lip, which I think is prime, prime like positioning. That's you look like you're uh, ready to play the mandolin at the basement of uh, the chop house. So that's <laughs> yeah, that's, or I, no, that's could, I could DJ a weird set at the Golden Pony. Either even way. better, yep. yeah, even Either better. Yeah. Um, I do want to provide one Harrisonburg update that I don't think we've discussed on the pod yet. Uh, the Golden Corral building has finally been demolished. RIP oh, to the Golden true. Corral building. Uh, yeah. Sadly, it is being replaced by a car wash. Uh, oh, yeah. I think they could have done a Good lot way. better. Um, yep. But, you know, get that money, I suppose. Uh, um, also, ski and skate, which hasn't been ski and skate for like a decade and a half, but yeah, right. that building's gone as well. Um, Soon to be a Longhorn Steakhouse, I think. Is that the one that that was next to the Books a Million? No, it's the uh, the old Shoney's area. Yeah, where they oh, used to have uh, that there's... like that decorative tower with a motorcycle now. on top of it. Yes, yes, yes. yeah. Real ones know about that little fixture. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> now, real ones know about the air conditioning factory that was the largest single-story building I've ever seen in my entire life. Yes. Also, that was, 17 football fields. That was replaced by the largest single-story building you've seen in your life, which is that Walmart distribution center that is south of town, or whatever that thing is. It's huge. That's oh, yeah, cool. way out there. Yeah. I think, yeah, I think you're right. I think it is Walmart distribution. <laughs> so, yeah, all that to say... Uh, anyway, big, now that we've changed really all listeners. <laughs> no, this is good. I, I like a little bit of Harrisonburg nostalgia. We can talk about the Ponderosa. Who remembers the Ponderosa back in the day? I thought the Ponderosa breakfast buffets on Saturdays. Wonderful. Yeah. Those little apple roll-ups, they're like cinnamon sugar and had like like lava hot apple like liquid in the middle. <laughs> it was right oh next God. door to Speedy the dad helped run. It was great. We'd put pop over. <laughs> I, think, I think the country cooking is still in the mall. Uh, yeah, it is. It oh my gosh. Is it? Yeah, yeah. it outlasted yeah. Tilted Hill, right thankfully. <laughs> That's amazing. I, I would have never thought. I like. I can't remember ever going to that country cooking, but I remember like numerous points in my life being surprised to like stumble upon it and it's still being there in that one corner. Like, damn! I went going. Uh, two or three times before I was like seven and actually ate food. So, I I think I was there two years ago. Maybe someone at work wanted to go there for their birthday lunch, <laughs> so that's where the group went. That's outstanding. That might be where we have a monthly staff lunch. At work, that might be where I just drag everybody. Like, oh yeah, you country gotta, cooking, like, girl. Throw a wrench into the wheel every once in a while. Yeah. Make it weird. Is the uh, is the galley still around? Are there still galleys around? Oh, there's, the galley is still firmly oh, planted across from Short Crawford. I used to go. I used to go in on some galleys, uh, bacon cheese fries at the ranch. Oh, oh. speaking Woo! speaking of Sharp Chopper. Okay. Uh, recent, oh, I guess, like recent dynamite find of the last month at sharp shopper uh are are either of you fellows familiar with the milk bar 
in Washington, D.C.? Um, I know what it is because I've had I've had like I, we have some friends, friends, pots, Sean and Steph. Uh, Steph has the cookbook and she makes like uh, recipes from it. OK, so they had like little kind of Pepperidge Farm sized cartons of milk bar cookies at Sharp Shopper. Ooh. Ninety nine cents a box. <laughs> <laughs> so well, your, I boy, mean, your boy you stocked up, up for the apocalypse with these things. Uh, expiration date was was very much healthy tbd undetermined no it's like uh december or january so we're oh, sure yeah sure but definitely you're gonna hammer through some large. you'll hammer through some cookies before then you're you're we're, what we're really doing here is heading into cookie season so yeah well you know yeah. you're gonna be primed it, it's always cookie season with the right attitude or brownie season I've often said it could this. also be brownie season yeah well, brownie does brownies don't have a season it's cookie season okay fair enough <sighs> all right jason what 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 you got going on I don't have a lot. Um, not much non-work stuff has happened the last like two or three days. Um, let's see. Well, I forgot last last Friday. Shouts out to friend of the pod, Joe Barnes. It was his his birthday, so we played like three hours of Zoom Flip Cup. All the all the college bros. It was great. Zoom Flip Cup. Yeah. Love it. Love the energy. It wow. actually went way better than I thought there was any chance of it going. <laughs> Did you have to like uh, Dexter your room before you did that, or did you just like go in there with your computer, just like not worried about it? I, I put my computer like three feet away from me on the okay. kitchen table. And, there you go. Yeah. That's good. And you stood there by yourself, lot, played one man of Flip yeah. Cup by yourself. A lot, a lot less messy when it's not a row of six people yeah. flying all over. The place. I, I hope uh, that your blinds were open and the neighbors walked by and saw like a lone man flip cupping by himself. Like, I was gonna say, did you were you wearing like Bluetooth earbuds or did you just have the the computer speakers going? Because no, that would have been even speaker. more awkward if it's like if yeah. it's silent and he's just flip cupping <laughs> yep. in front of his computer with a big set of uh, Dark Beats by Dre on or something <laughs> like that. Yeah, uh, my computer from time to time. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Love it. All right. Well, that sounds like a good time. Um, yeah. So shout out to Joe. It's his birthday. That was the whole thing. Gotcha. Yeah. HBD to Joe. Um, I'm trying to think what I got going on. I cut the grass today. I've, I've ascertained that I think I have I have a couple un un uh, unidentified brown spots in my yard that don't appear to be linked to any sort of uh, water issue. I think I I might have uh, a little fungus going on. So I have mm. begun my fungal um, defense program. Going to lay down a treatment blanket of uh, granules here in the coming days, and then uh, spray on a little little applicant here and see if it clears up in the next three weeks or so but uh you know we're going to be heading into the dormant season here so i, I need to like definitely you know get on my, get on we my got bermuda. Here. what we got bermuda what are you going with no no i got st augustine this is florida bro uh, yeah <laughs> Ever uh floor tam i i got i got like uh-huh. floor tam it's like the classic floor tam it's like you could you like don't even sink into it you could just like if you're if you spread your toes far enough you don't even like go into the grass at all it's like a rigid mat so anyhow, so that's what I've been uh, scratching my head about in my yard. I haven't done a thing about it until I went to Lowe's today. Watch some YouTube videos. I think it's going to be okay. I'm uh, this gentleman, this gentleman I found on, on the YouTube had like a very well done video about his uh, treatment blanket approach and everything he was going to do. I was like, all right, let's do it. So anyhow, I think I just need to stay ahead of it. Uh, apparently... 
But with the high humidity we have here in Florida, the grass stays wet at night from the dew, and I think that promotes fungal growth. Kind of like our bodies. <laughs> You're right. My moist body grows a lot of fungi <laughs> during the night. That's, I've often said this. <laughs> <That's awesome>. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we'll move on from that. That has been Lawn, lawn Hour in South Florida. Let's, let's talk real quick before we get to football. NBA playoffs. We had a really fun night in the association, in the mm. association bubble last night. Uh, we'll start with the, the first game, the Heat. Uh, sort of come came from behind like it was kind of a schizophrenic game the heat played two good quarters the celtics played two good quarters the heat happened to play their good quarters in the second and fourth and uh that helps out as it turns out and uh we got some bonus basketball a little overtime we had one of the like singularly most tremendous plays i've i can remember in recent memory with uh, a block at the rim by bam Adebayo on uh yeah. jason tatum but uh yeah really really fun game um the Heat, uh, the Heat are giving me like good basketball team vibes. They're like a joy to watch. I, they I might be, they be good. They're America's team at this point. They have to be. I, are, is it them or Denver? Like I think, I think both can be America's team. I, you know, that's right interesting. Now. You say that. I just think more people are aware of the Heat. Uh, whereas I think like Denver, it's like, oh, is it Denver? Is it? Uh, you know, is it the no? Is it uh, Memphis? Like, it's one of those teams from the West that's like has interchangeable, like famously the city of the West, Memphis. <laughs> Memphis, yeah. Well, hey, listen, basically Arkansas when you fly into Memphis. It's just true. Saying. But um, yeah, no, I mean Denver. Denver's a whole lot of fun too. I mean, we can we can move on to that. But what did you did you watch the Heat game in yeah, its entirety? I had, I had the Heat game on. Like, I watched like the whole fourth quarter. It was bonkers in the background for three and a half quarters and then paid attention there at the end of the fourth and overtime. But that last sequence to end the game was just so frenetic of yeah. like Jimmy Butler comes down, wets a three that was super contested. <laughs> yeah. Like, to take the lead. It was a Jimmy Butler is the audacity personified. Yeah. <laughs> it was uh, uh, it was just like you described it was a Jim Butler shot. That uh, is just Yeah. Yeah. What he does. So they go up one, and Marcus Smart baits the ref into calling Oof. it away from the ball foul to give Miami one free throw, which they Re- really bad luck for the ref there. Th- yeah. So yeah. like, uh, Spolster's over there just letting the ref have it because yeah. Cl- I mean the ref should know better. Marcus Smart was doing this in the previous series multiple times and didn't get rewarded for it. Um, but someone made the point like. Boston's Boston's I think it was Sports Center SVP was talking to Tim Legler about this maybe. But like Boston's game plan or approach inbounding the ball down one versus inbounding it tied was so different. Oh yeah. Cuz you know if they're down one they have like they have a set play, we're going to do x y and z, we're not going to dance around it at all. And then once they tied it on the free throw, it was just like, "All right, we're going to let Tatum uh go iso ball and uh that that led to bam blocking so i guess that was at the end of regulation right yeah yeah yes but yeah crazy uh because his his hand got folded over the rim with the ball and yeah i mean it was the dunk the dunk was going in and and he 
he didn't make contact with the rim if you like actually look at it. I, I don't know how he had the wrist strength and forearm strength right. to just like in and I out mean, and, like been, scoop it up and out i mean it was wild it like, would have been in the air like as a little like floater or something it would have been goaltending because it was inside the cylinder right but because oh, yeah. he had his hand over the whole time he just pulled it out like it was superhuman and it was one of the like the rare uh they uh, they talked about it for like four straight hours on the limit show today but they it was the rare play where like tatum goes up for the dunk and then is on his on the ground and is has nothing to say about it knows that he just got stoned at the rim like doesn't yeah. no complaining there was no yeah. question of whether it was a foul it was a hundred percent just man on man like someone's gonna come away with it it was pretty impressive and he blew by butler too on the uh mm-hmm. i don't know if that was like they were trying to feed him to bam but bam wasn't that close and i mean closed really well um tremendous it was great play but uh Take a little bit takes away. Butler had an and one right before that. That was a tough bucket that he he got bumped yeah. twice by Tatum on his way to the rack and put it off, put it up and, and laid it in and then made the free throw, which put him up two, which was uh, um, obviously super super helpful. But super fun game. Uh, hopefully it'll be a fun series. I mean, we'll see. They could lose four straight and it could be you know we won't even think about it. But um, yeah. who's to say? I mean, he'd have only lost one game in the playoffs so far though. That's pretty impressive. Yeah, that's nuts. Cause they, they're what the six seed? They were the they were the fifth. They played okay. the four five. They played the yeah. They were the fifth. But okay. I mean, they were the five. You know, they've been the lower seeded team every time, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, huh. anyhow, good. Uh, and then the next game, uh, I kind of was just watching this just for I don't know. Was Schadenfreude kind of is that the word that you use when uh, you pick joy in other, Yeah, you use other in other people's pain. But the uh, the Clippers just absolutely shat the bed, fell apart. It was embarrassing, but I also it was kind of enjoyable at the same time. Um, and yeah, I mean, go Nuggets! The you know we're all we're all Nuggets fans now. Got to be. Yeah, uh, not to brag, but I took uh, Denver plus seven and a half and Denver money line plus 267 uh-huh. uh, on the Sense Sports account. So uh, we're going to Sizzlers in about seven months if I can rack this uh, rack this balance up to cash out. <laughs> Can't wait. Can't wait. But, uh, yeah, the clips fall. I don't really know. You know the Clippers do not have a first-round draft pick until 2027? Yeah, they traded them all for... For Paul George. Not even... Someone said they traded, <laughs> they traded more first-round picks away for Paul George than he had field goals made last night. Yeah, and like, I mean, <laughs> Paul George was playing at an MVP level last year before he got hurt, but still, I mean, this is uh, not uh, not a great look for the Clippers. Um they need they, they should be much better but i mean i don't know they the whole the whole season has been weird for them in that they've been doing this kind of weird like just assumed that they were going to be awesome at the end of the year thing they like never really played together uh Kawhi takes rest george takes rest you know i don't know it was just kind of weird i think there's something to you know maybe actually like playing some basketball it's an 82 game season for a reason but yeah whatever whatevs i think i was also really impressed and kind of quite terrified at how quickly uh nba twitter lakers twitter especially came with receipts last night (laughs) of one just like sports commentators and talking heads taking the clippers to win the west but then like two how many clips and articles they had after paul george said 
last night, well, it's a chemistry thing. Like we knew this was going to be process. It wasn't a championship robust. And NBA Twitter said, oh, no, no, no. Please <laughs> yeah. wait a second. It started immediately. Like just a random clip of Kevin Hart's Old Spice Internet show with Paul George <laughs> comes up where he's saying like, yeah, we're going to come in and win it all. Like that's the, that's the mentality. Um, people have time and it terrifies <laughs> yeah. me. This, this is why... This is why you never tweet, guys. Or tweet. You, never can't, you can't get receipts pulled on you like that. Oh, yeah. No, listen, I was 100% feeling myself after my Jimmy Butler, you know, Paul, my, my playoff peed wants to be Jimmy Butler when he grows up tweet mm-hmm. last night. And I felt even better because I got to triple down on it. The rare ability to triple down on one tweet, which never happens. The suffering tweet is always just like, ah, oh, this makes me look no. terrible. But he I'll quote tweeted and then he retweeted the quote tweet. Oh, oh yeah. So, no, like as the like night progressed. of Twitter. Yeah, as the, night, as the night progressed. I mean, listen, things had to happen, um, as per my previous email. Uh, anyhow, good times all around in the association. So what, we got uh, Lakers-Nuggets, the matchup that America has been clamoring for, and Boston and Miami. Um, so, yeah, we'll see. I'm sure the Lakers will be up 3-1 on cruise control, and then the Nuggets will just, like, you know, play their balls off again, and we'll see what happens. Play their Nuggets off, if you will. <laughs> hey Oh, I will. I know the Nuggets will. Okay, let's get to college football. You guys okay with that? Sure. Sure. That's we're here for. Uh, all right, we got some news. The, the B1G is back. As of today, uh, there was some some kerfuffle about this yesterday in which the – Nebraska AD was caught, uh, I guess, talking into a hot mic about how we're about to announce Nebraska football and the return of the B1G or whatever, which is, I don't know, just seemed like a weird, weird thing to be caught on. A, like, who who says it like that? So anyhow, yeah. definitely, definitely trying a little hard there to get the news stream. Nebraska, just relax, Nebraska. But um, yeah, I mean, what what's your guys feelings on the the big 10 returning? I mean, I don't know if all these other conferences are going to play. I kind of feel like whatever. We'll just see how it goes. But uh, they're they're being yeah, like yeah. It, it got like a little it got a little weird with the political angle for the Big Ten. So the, so yeah, there's two routes to this: one involving politics and one not. And if you're not involving politics, it's it's the same as everybody else playing. Like it's kind of gross and. So I kind of, I get why they're doing it. And, uh, you know, a little uh, not small part of me is just happy to watch college football, but also I'm uncomfortable watching it. And it's going to be all fall right. uh, for that. Yep. So there's that side of things. Uh, and then there's the side of the uh, non-zero and, in fact, most likely happened case that the federal government, i.e. White House and the president, uh basically are shipping a whole bunch of rapid tests to the Big Ten so that they can test every day. Uh, which begs the question, like, one, doesn't seem like that's the best place for those, um, like, in terms of the world. Agreed. Well, that's, yeah, uh, that's been the icky part of all this. I mean, like, the NBA model, right. too. Like, I think they realized how tone deaf it looked to just be, like, playing basketball. And they yeah. at least started, like, giving away tests and stuff but, but yeah i mean that's that's the thing that like no one really talks about is you know this right is, but it's I, a public I think, health concern i think these tests might not have even been they're either like not paid for or getting at a huge discount oh okay um and like 
because I mean, everybody in the White House is basically like, yeah, we're just like providing all this stuff. And the reason being is that half of the Big Ten exists in swing states. At least half like, of the Big Ten. Or, yeah, like, and almost all of the big ones are swing states in November. And so, like, is he, yeah, it's, I mean, I, I shouldn't even say is he, obviously, is he talks openly about treating red states and swing states different than blue states. Um, so there's that whole side of things, and it's super gross. And that has, of course, let the worst among us, like uh, Trey, Trey Clavis and uh, uh, Wason Jitlock and... Mm-hmm. Everybody chime in and immediately forget that they've wanted politics of sports and be super happy and say that it's really bad for Joe Biden and all this stuff. And I mean, the, like yeah. uh, the thing I got really, I got really angry this morning on Twitter because it's we a guy saw. who, huh, what? I said we saw, but no, that guy, that guy's uh, activity on Twitter was beyond bizarre to me. Like he, He's, like, well, it, he it seemed like it was like a, it seemed like it was like an onion account. Like that, he was operating out of. Well, he, he's he's running half grift, half troll job, which is, well, I mean, he's yeah. a Daily Caller writer, and the Daily Caller uh, was started by Tucker Carlson, uh, white supremacist right at the Daily Caller from time to time. It's a terrible website, and yeah, so he like took credit and said he was a. He, I never asked to be a pro, and like, compared to nine eleven and killing Bin Laden, and said it was really bad for Joe Biden, and so it's just like. It's a situation where the worst among us all get to to take shots and be known in the world, and it just it sucks, and it's a giant grift, and it's all really gross, and it's depressing when it's my line of business that they're taking advantage of. Yeah, and that's my rant. Thank you for coming to my TED talk. You're welcome. That was actually impressive, impressively efficient from you. So shout out, Jason. I think <laughs> you're you're really hitting. You're hitting I, tried your stride. To, I tried to close note it for you guys. So <laughs> you're, hitting, you're hitting your stride here. No. Uh, <laughs> Jordan, do you have anything to add to that? I mean, I, I just, whatever. I kind of am like, whatever. We'll I mean, just see how it goes. Like, they, if they want to play, fine. If, you know, they're doing so because they got new information and they feel better about it because of that new information, like, great, go play. Knock, knock yourself out. But I think the kind of major issue is the way they shut the season down initially with as little transparency and information as they did. Like they weren't, as I recall, super open about here's the specific information we're working with. And this is why we're doing it. It was just more like we're doing it and see you guys in the spring is how a lot of people took it. Um, I, I can't stand the arguments of like, Oh, well, all these people who were rooting against football, Ugh. like you guys lost today. Like, no, none of these schools wanted to cancel the season. Yeah, you think Ohio State University wants to cancel football no. season? Like, that's like, crazy. Look, look at the the revenue shortfall they would have been facing, even if they had played spring compared to fall. Right. Like, even it, even playing with limited capacity, they're gonna lo- like all these power five schools are gonna lose out on like thirty thirty five million dollars. That's yeah, not a joke. Not, none of these university presidents are like, you know what? Let's bleed out our athletic department by $125 million to spite the Republicans. And <laughs> right. Yeah. It's... And, that, and that's what's frustrating is that it's, it's very clearly just a grift. Like I said this morning, it's all these people want is for, you know, if possible, you to feel like you're this noble warrior with the Philistines at the gates. But more importantly, they want you to see them as 
this noble warrior as I'm a freedom he, fighter because I brought back right. Indiana football for eight are coming after our way of life. Yeah. And like, I'm talking know, I'm talking fun. noon Illinois Northwestern right. kickoffs, baby. Yeah. I really do this. Not, yeah, right. No, I mean I'm with no. you and like I know like uh Dan Dan Walken has been uh has been the subject of a lot of Twitter ire over the past few months. I um and I get it why. I mean, he takes a fairly negative tone on a lot of this stuff. Um, but also, I mean, I think he he is realistic in in how he's like disseminating and sharing actual information, and isn't just like isn't just like yeah. He's he's not like a sunshine pumper on uh, just like we're gonna play and like the idea that there's some sort of uh, like uh, I don't know. I, I saw like I really like Marty Smith, but I saw that he like had a, a big tweet today that was like you know, about like power, the power to the people and like these, all these people didn't accept the results. Yeah. So they work to change it. And it's like, that's, that's okay. When it's like, not something that is maybe uh public health, uh, you know, influence. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Situation. Like I, I, it just seemed a little weird to be taking like this kind of weird, like power to the people victory lap about something that's like, I don't know, like is a public issue. Not that isn't just like a, a, a big, b1g issue and like yes i also i say that knowing full well that like the sec and the acc and the big 12 all decided that they they decided that playing football is more important than the public health side of things and that was their decision that they made but like i i and it was clear that the big 10 decided out of nowhere not out of nowhere but just felt a lot of pressure like well gosh it seems like it's working out for these other guys we should probably do something about it and then you know they get some political pressure behind it and then there's momentum and, and they change their mind and like jordan said if they want to play Go ahead and play. I, I mean, but uh, I don't know. It's just uh, the the, uh, the the retroactive politicization of it and like turning it into like some sort of freedom fight is yeah, odd to me. So. I will say it also like it kind of turns out very clear what other agendas are because yeah, like I mean there were plenty of reporters that were reporting facts and like Stuart Mandel was and Bruce Feldman was and a whole lot of people were just reporting facts Nicole yeah. and two well so the two reporters that got the most because of it were Nicole Auerbach and Heather Dinich yeah. and think whatever you want about their normal coverage and that sort of thing I don't have as much experience with it but yeah. there's a reason why those two were singled out by the worst among us and yeah it's gross and it's a really bad side of sports and I see it every day and I hate it that's interesting. I haven't seen any of the Dinich uh, traffic, but I have seen like an, an unbelievable amount of Dan Walken hate uh, oh. out there. So I, I've know, seen. I don't know. After Dan if, Walken, but... if I see a lot of SEC guys, uh, maybe that's why. But uh, anyhow, all right. Well, we, we don't have to get into this. They're coming back in October. They're going to play an eight-game season and then play like a weird one-week postseason thing that like, they, they, yeah, like they match up like one plays two, two plays three. Yeah. Three plays four championship game, and then you just go down the list. And yeah, yeah I, don't, dude, I, I don't hate it. The freaking thirteen versus fourteen game is gonna be Liddy. I oh, mean, man. are I you are you pick that against the spread? Come on, <laughs> when, that's gonna be happening like middle of December. It's gonna that be that like week. We're all game. we're picking all seven Big when Ten it, games, or however many. It definitely is. features Illinois. Juice Williams ain't walking through that door, you know. So, uh, if only, man, that would yeah. be awesome. <laughs> uh, we we will. See, anyhow, uh, all right, well, now that we're past that, uh, we have some updated SP Plus rankings. I don't know that we need to get into that after the first week. We talked about it a little bit, um, but let's maybe talk about that in context of our 
conference previews that we're going to run through here uh, if we need to. So we'll start in the Conference of Champions, the SEC. Uh, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Okay. You guys want to play a game? <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> Do I ever. <laughs> I'm glad. I'm glad you're excited for this. So. Logan and I didn't know what think about this coming in. This is a genuine surprise. Yeah, this is literally a surprise. To to our maybe newer listeners, newer members of the family, uh, we have in this house played a game from year to year that we like to call golfer or laxer, in which I present my two co-hosts with a series of names of real student athletes in generally the conferences that we preview for that episode. Um and Jason and Logan have to determine one, does that young man play golf or does he lax? And two, at which school does he do this activity? Uh, given that today we will be previewing two conferences, the SEC and the ACC, I have compiled a list of names. <laughs> And these individuals will either be lacrosse players from the ACC or golfers okay. from the SEC. Okay, golfer, SEC, laxer, ACC. Okay, and the, so the SEC, all all schools compete in golf, as you might expect. <laughs> yeah, the golf in case that wasn't clear. Uh, for the ACC, uh, we will be speaking from five schools uh that's the university of north carolina syracuse duke uva and notre dame uh gentlemen are you ready that's already so let's do it all right uh i'll we'll we'll go with like six or seven because we're we're probably only going to get to do this once or twice this year so uh, (laughs) so here we go all right we're gonna start with wells paget all right, side I feel note, like I've heard Wells I love the name Wells. Uh, that that might be on my list of baby names. Just saying, I really like that name. All right, I like we'll Wells. Save that for posterity. Like Wells. Um, you want to go today? I I feel like I've heard this name, but Wells I can't. Paget. Long stick mini. Right. Just I'm gonna say. Yeah, I'm gonna say. I'm gonna say lacrosse. Uh, that feels like. It feels like Syracuse. I'm going to go Vanderbilt Golf. Uh, Wells is a golfer at Auburn. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder what our hit rate on this is. Have we got like three of them like ever. I think we've gotten like two ever. Just, just go berserk whenever we get them. <laughs> All right. Next, we're going to go Schaefer Woody. <laughs> if he's not a golfer, then he's really, really in trouble. Uh I'm going to say he's a golfer from the SEC. Schaefer Woody. Uh, let's go South Carolina. This feels like a trap. I'm going to say I'm going to say lacrosse at Notre Dame. Uh, Schaefer is Syracuse Lax. Oh, oh come on. Jason, you were Chase wrong. In circles. <sighs> Schaefer. All right, next we've got Cannon Claycomb. Oh my goodness. <laughs> I mean, if he's, if, I mean, at least he's playing the right sport. Except it's got to be lacrosse. Unless it's got to be lacrosse. 
Unless he was a third baseman and played dirty style for Spotswood High School. <laughs> Clay and K-Comb. Clay Comb. That's after the Trailblazers. <laughs> um, Cannon Clay Comb plays yep. lacrosse at North Carolina. Cannon is a golfer at Alabama. Wow. Mm. That makes sense. Cannon. All right. Next, we've got Xander Dixon. Does it have an X? Xander with an X. Correct. So half Zander. a point for Jason. <laughs> the next, uh, Xander. I mean, to me, Xander sounds like a lacrosse name. Yeah. Xander plays lacrosse at. I mean, if you can get lacrosse, your your uh, your your chances are a lot better. Yeah, it's right. one in five. It's uh, Notre Dame. Blacks. Uh, Xander sounds Xander sounds like a Virginia name to me. Lacrosse of Virginia. It is lacrosse in Virginia. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Jason. There we go. <laughs> All right. Uh, next. Is probably, I don't know what. I have no idea what generalization I made there, but it just. Uh, it probably was not okay that I did that. No, you got lucky. It's fine. All right. All right. Next, we've got Jet Tickle. <laughs> uh, Jet Tickle. I mean, first of all, he bombs it off the tee, but he plays yeah. – uh, he's big bopper for sure, super stiff shafts. Uh, he plays – I mean, um, freaking golf for – what's an SEC school we haven't gone with? Hmm. Go Gators with, for Florida. I think he's a golfer at uh, – I'm going to say Ole Miss. Jet does golf at Tennessee. Uh, ah. The forgotten SEC school. <laughs> right. Wait, right. does Missouri, Missouri plays golf? Yep. Yeah. Wow. All right. Uh, we'll we'll finish it off this week with Maximus Shallot. <laughs> you made that name up. That's incredible. That's, uh, that's the name. I don't of know a- if I'm <laughs> pronouncing the last name wrong, so I apologize to Maximus uh, and his family. It is spelled in, in our in our gut. It's pronounced right. For your reference, it is spelled S. C-H-A-L-I-T. Oh, I, I thought it was going to be like Chalot. Like it was like a French. That's a French <laughs> name, Maximus. Um, Chalot. <laughs> Maximus. I mean, I don't Jason, I'm gonna go play, I'm gonna play lacrosse at UNC. Uh, yeah, let's go lacrosse at um, Syracuse again. Uh, Maximus does lax <sighs> at Notre Dame. Ah. Yeah. So close. So that I feel wraps okay with up that. golfer, laxer, uh, some of the names we didn't pull just for time's sake. We've got Carlos Bustos, a golfer at Florida. Uh, Manning Sloop, golfer at South Carolina. Harrison Schertzinger, lax at UNC. Uh, Walker Kesterson was our golfer at Missouri. Mm. So better luck next year, Walker. <sighs> All right. Let us now move, speaking of SEC, into our SEC preview. Uh, what we have here with the SEC this year is 10 weeks of SEC football. Uh, well, 10 games in 11 weeks, I should say. Looks like most teams are hitting bye weeks in like sort of the middle two weeks, which is kind of interesting to see. But uh, uh, that all said, actually, that's not true. I read the schedule wrong. Um <clears throat> That all said, uh, we got 10 games and a championship game, which I believe is sometime in December, uh, date TBD. 
what do you guys you guys have any uh, general thoughts on the SEC? How they did the schedule? I mean, I think I think we all know, and I think we I I try to harp on this a lot, but like who's good in the SEC on a given year is very much dependent on how their schedule shakes out. Uh, a lot of teams have mm-hmm. individual schedule quirks that lend them to have certain years that are like just better years. Florida plays LSU every year. So the year that they get LSU at home is always a year where you want to, you know, try to maximize your maybe championship game aspiration potential for, for whatever that's worth. You know, that's, that's a big swing game there. Um, I know, for example, uh, what are some, what are, what are, what are some other teams like Tennessee always plays Alabama. That just sucks for Tennessee. Sorry. Right. Like that, 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 uh, that blows. Whereas, you know, maybe you have, I think Alabama, somehow their permanent crossover is oh, well, it's Tennessee. Tennessee. <laughs> it's Tennessee. But uh, whoever, whoever, whoever drew uh, Vanderbilt, <laughs> I'm mad at whoever drew Vanderbilt yes, is what I'm trying agree. to say. But um, yeah, so that, that all said, uh, I did a little perusing through the schedule and Arkansas just gets absolutely boned this year. Just 100% boned. Sorry. Sorry. They, they, they go... Just, just let me go ahead and, and read this Good to you guys. <laughs> they the go. Bookends, the like three on either <laughs> yeah. bookend. So they open Georgia, Mississippi Georgia. State, Auburn. Uh huh. Then they got Ole Miss by A and M, Tennessee. Then it's Florida, LSU, Mizzou, Alabama. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, breaking in, breaking in a brand new coach. So the way the schedule worked out this year, there's no out of conference games. So you just got basically two random teams from the opposite side of the conference added to your schedule. So works out for Florida. They get Arkansas added sucks for Arkansas. They get Florida, Florida added. added, Florida added. I guess they probably get transit property. Maybe, maybe, maybe Missouri someday. or Tennessee or Tennessee added to which, um, I mean, they got to play a West schedule anyway, which I'm sorry. I mean, that's just, it's, it's tough. It's tough. You hate to see it, but uh, anyhow, um, let me go back to the notes here. I just felt bad for Arkansas in general. Uh, I, I figured we could do a little high-low teams. Instead of breaking down every single team, I've selected six teams Love it. Um, that have maybe some uh, championship game aspirations or some general storylines, momentum. If you want to add a team or take a team away, feel free. Uh, but I figured we'll start at the top here with Alabama. How do you guys feel about Alabama's prospects heading in <laughs> to, this, to the bubble season? The bubble season. I, mean, I, I, I think I'll go. Uh, probably going to be good. I like that take, Jason. I really like that. I like that's coming strong with it. How many? Not many people are saying it, but I'm, <laughs> I'm willing to put my is my my uh, credibility on the line. Yeah, yeah, really, really putting it on the table. Uh, yeah. Is Mac Jones their quarterback, or do they have somebody else stepping in? I believe Mac Jones is penciled in as the quarterback. They have a like a, a five star kid whose name is. Bryce something um, that is, so, you know, he's he's, got, he's supposed to be really good. I mean, I, I probably for, pretty for, green. yeah, everything, yeah, probably pretty green, especially for an Alabama type team. I think this year is going to be more traditional Alabama, maybe a little more vanilla with the play calling, beat you with talent in the offensive and defensive lines and the running back position. And uh, I mean, Mac Jones is serviceable. He played well in that. Yeah, Auburn Auburn game um, where he had to come in and spell Tua, but we've seen a different Alabama team the past couple of years with Tua playing quarterback, where they can actually like be dynamic in that position. And um, I don't think you're going to see that from Alabama, so I don't know if that maybe brings them back to the pack or makes them maybe a little bit more upsettable. But they're 
certainly going to be as talented, if not the most talented team in the country, as they always are. So it's a little hard to overlook that. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, I nothing but good things to say about Coach Saban and them boys. Yeah, I'm, from a I'm football pretty standpoint. high on them. I, I guess their their downfall last year was their defense, surprisingly. Like, they, they couldn't stop a team with an explosive offense when they needed to, a la – LSU. I mean, no one was stopping LSU, so that's not a perfect example. But you could kind yeah. of see it leading up to that game where they yeah. were having issues. Um, so I would assume they should, you know, improve in that area. I do agree the offense will be a little more vanilla, but maybe, like, maybe if you've got a better defense than last year, having a game manager at quarterback or more so yeah. than a game man more so of a game manager than Tua was, uh, isn't a downgrade necessarily. Yeah. And I mean that LSU game was a shootout too. I mean it was it wasn't like they it wasn't like LSU was really getting a ton of stops either and Tua right. did fumble. I uh, didn't Tua fumble in like the two yard line the first drive of the game or something, just like bizarrely in that. I I, I remember that happening weird and I think he got a little hurt. But yeah, no, I'm 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 with you. Usually they could lean on their defense to keep them in games, especially uh, I mean, we've seen Alabama and LSU play like horrific nine-six football games before that were yes, billed as did. that we were that we all have to like retroactively talk ourselves into having been like enjoyable experiences, um, and they were not. But uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think they're probably going to be the cream of the crop, especially given at least my personal thoughts on LSU this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, so let's let's go to, let's go to LSU. Um, Coach yeah, O this week and announced that most of the team is, uh, has had the coronavirus, so he thinks we're all good. Let's strap him up and play football. Doctor O, it was I mean, it was really I don't know. Frightening's the right word. It was just kind of like startling. One, how calmly he delivered that news, like it was part of his grocery list or something. Going over the depth chart, no and then two. He he said, you know, he said something to the effect of like, you hope kids don't catch it again, so that they have to miss games. Like that's that's what he equates someone catching the coronavirus with is like, oh, my depth chart will be impacted, and not necessarily like, hey, I t- I sat in these kids' living rooms and told their parents like I was gonna look out for them. And, right. Uh, I know it's it's easy to rail on coaches for being football guy, football yeah. brain all the time, but this was mo- one of the most blatant examples of it that I think I've heard in the last several months. Like, oh I, yeah, he's I love a to call I love coach. to call Dabo Swinney out for being an idiot when he's an idiot, but like I th- I think it's fair to hold Coach O to the same standard. Yeah, no, I mean, he's a career defensive line coach. There's not a whole lot of brain power that goes into being that guy. But, um, yeah, I mean, that's just a bad look, right? But uh, on the field-wise, LSU lost a ton and has had a lot of opt-outs, I believe, as well. Mm-hmm. And um, I think I don't think Jamar Chase is going to play this year, who is uh, far and away the best receiver in the country. Should have been a Gator, FYI. Uh, but he's not. Shout-out to Jim McElwain for that one. Um, but... Yeah, I, uh, I I think LSU's – I mean, we'll see. I just think that they're going to be your 8-4 and four LSU team. Again. This is going to be the most hungover <clears throat> season. Yes, yeah. yes, yes. That's very, like, that's if very well If the season fun. could personify a hangover, this is going to be it. Yeah, I believe Miles, Miles Brennan at all. What is his name? Miles Brennan is going to be the quarterback. Uh, doesn't Miles. look – 
overly impressive. I mean, they, they've got talent. It's LSU. They always have talent. But, I mean, I think this is going to be more of your classic LSU team that maybe has, like, some rangy, good defensive players. Um, certainly, uh, Derek Stingley is going to be out there holding down one of the corners. He's one of the best cover corners in the country uh, coming back, which is a really good thing to see, classic LSU. But I don't know. I just – it doesn't really stack up in their favor this year with the just just the talent drought that they're going to be experiencing compared to last year. Well, yeah. talent and experience, I should say. Agreed. So, all right, uh, let's talk about the Gators. Let's. Florida. I um, I mean, listen, I'm a fan. We all know this, but I'm high on the Gators. And if you look I'm at their too. schedule, their schedule they got some breaks on the schedule. I mean, I think they have a very manageable schedule as far as these sec schedules go um Ole Miss to start which is going to be a weird noon kickoff against the crazy fast quarterback so that's never that exciting but you know south carolina texas a&m not sure what to expect there lsu at home missouri you get a buy then you have georgia uh arkansas vanderbilt kentucky tennessee not a super tough like last half of the season after the georgia game um I mean, really, for Florida this year, I I think that Dan Mullen needs to be Georgia. Like this is a this is a big year for him. Um, not saying he goes on the hot seat if he doesn't, but I am <clears throat> uh, the way that this team is trending from a talent standpoint, the way the schedule lines up this year. This is a this is a huge opportunity for Florida to use all the sports you know cliches. That's uh, yeah, that's to an kind of grab grab yeah to grab the East back and. Um, you know, maybe try to assert something. I mean, they, they haven't been close against Georgia in the games they've played uh, against her. I guess they were, they were closer last year, but I think yeah. that game, Georgia controlled that game more than the final score indicates. Florida couldn't get off the field on third down when they needed to, which Georgia fans know all too well. Todd Grantham as the DC. And uh, yeah, I just think um, Florida comes into that Georgia game in the past couple of years playing a little scared. And this year is not the year to do that if you are the Gators. So, uh, what do you guys think? Completely agree. Looking at that schedule, I see 11 wins. I, I'm going to pull up there over under real quick. Just, to just see. crazy. They only play 10 games. Yeah. Well, they, you, you're going to pencil, you're penciling in that, that, that uh, SEC championship game. I like that. Right. Um, okay. So 10 games, that's a nine and a half win over under. From, I mean, it's, it's got to be the the uh, looking at it. Uh, they go to Texas A&M week three. That's uh, who knows what the Texas A&M team is going to look like. But I mean, they have not been Texas A&M has shown an inability to get up for these games where they have an opportunity to, you know, make the jump for whatever you want to say. Um, could be could be an opportunity for them there. But yeah, so uh, I don't have, <clears throat> I don't know that GM's doing win totals anymore uh but <laughs> sure which would kind of make sense uh those would be a little wonky this year uh florida is plus 130 to win the sec east georgia is the favorite at minus 110 you can get florida plus 450 to win the entire conference alabama's the favorite at minus 130 uh yeah i don't see win totals however gotcha yeah so I mean, <clears throat> yeah, like I mean, said, like Florida, the Georgia game coming after a bye week has got to be huge too. Yeah, and so. that's that's typical. But both those teams have a bye before that game. They they know that's a prime okay, prime game fair. right there. 
But um, yeah, I mean, that was kind of, I think, a little bit of a scheduling God's gift there that both those teams get a bye before that game. So Yeah. And then, you, well, and having Arkansas be the game after, there's yeah. maybe less of a risk of like, Georgia beats you, but not until a week later, or Georgia beats you twice type thing. Correct. Yeah, you got to think Arkansas is not, not going to be really rounding into form week seven after running the gauntlet for the first six experience. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, <clears throat> but who knows? Felipe Franks is Arkansas starting quarterback. So, you know, things could things could get weird in that game. You got named team captain, too. Shout out to Felipe. Cracky, you got any? You, Cracky, you're a former Florida resident. You got any thoughts on the Gators? I honestly, I don't know much about them. Um, I think they're going to be fascinating, um, but mostly because I'll just learn as I go. Okay. Uh, uh, I'm cool with so, that. I, I appreciate yeah. your honesty there. Yeah, no, I mean, uh, I'm excited from just a, a Florida fan perspective. I'm excited to see Emory Jones's role in the offense grow, but I also think that they have an opportunity um, with their, their starting quarterback, uh, Kyle Trask, to – I mean, I think he could have a really good season. He had a really good year. He had a really good year last year, stats-wise. And, I mean, Mullen, it's a testament to Dan Mullen's ability to develop quarterbacks, as cheesy as that is to say, that Emory Jones has not transferred and that Trask has gotten so much better. I mean, Trask didn't even play in high school. Derek King started on his high school team. Yeah, I mean, if Trask takes another leap, if his growth <clears> – <throat> extends again sure. during this yes. off season, then they're in awesome shape. But if he yeah. like plateaus out at what he was last year, maybe that leaves you in kind of a weird spot because defenses have that tape of last year, Kyle Trask. Sure. So they're not yeah. necessarily facing anything new. So then it maybe gets slippery of how much does Emory get involved yeah and that's why i'm i'm curious to see emory's role in the offense grow the opportunities the limited chances you you saw him play last year i mean he looked capable of doing all the things he needed to do just you could tell he didn't have the reps against live competition you know when it came to fitting balls in or when he should throw and when he should run he ran a lot of designed runs excuse me but uh yeah i feel like i feel like that kind of sums up your team i feel like if this is a year where, like, if a decent amount of people take a jump, yeah, they could be really good. And if I, I think it, yeah. it, there's a lot of potential and a lot of unknowns, and the talent is there, but if it's just talent and they don't take steps forward, then they're probably finishing, yeah, like eight and two, seven and three, or something like that. Oh, certainly. Uh, and they got to get better on the offensive line. They couldn't run the ball yeah. for 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 anything last year from the running until back they position. played UVA. <clears throat> until they played UVA, <laughs> but yeah, but outside of some spots here or there, you know, they, they squandered a good stable of backs last year because they're, um, they couldn't really run block well. So they got to get better there, but if they get better there, that brings a whole new level of balance right. to the offense for whatever that's worth. And um, I mean, Dan Mullen, you know, Mullen, Mullen's not an idiot. If he, he, he likes to just do numbers stuff. So, I mean, if he, if it's, if it's a run look, you're going to get just you're going to get run on and it's going to be painful and it's going to be power running from either the quarterback or the running back. Um, and then there's a lot of stuff they can do once those looks get established. But being able to run is obviously uh, a really nice thing. So anyhow, I think defense is going to be great. Also, side note, uh, secondary is going to be good. Linebackers are getting younger and faster and the defensive line is deep. So, I mean, they like, you know, 
the end of the day, no excuses. Um, you gotta, you gotta show up to that Georgia game ready to play and, you know, see what happens. So, okay, let's move on. Speaking of Georgia to Georgia. So Georgia's had some weird stuff the past couple weeks. Um, <laughs> Jamie Newman transferred to Georgia this off season. He was wake forests quarterback of extended, uh, QB read handoff. They, they run that like, I don't know. He sticks it in the running back's belly. The way for like, extended yeah. mesh point. Okay. Yeah, the mesh we'll, point, the, the we'll, five yard we'll mesh point. We'll do the three, step, four step shuffle into the line, and then we decide. Yeah, it's and, beautiful uh, when it's run well. Yeah, Georgia fans were pretty sure that he was the missing link. Georgia fans who literally just ran out Justin Fields not twelve months earlier. <laughs> uh, he was the missing link to uh, you know Georgia football success. They finally got their dual threat guy they've been wanting. Again, I would remind you that Justin Fields was on the roster twelve months ago. But um, that all that, that all said, <clears throat> he has decided to opt out now and to train for the NFL, which I is a as a whole different <laughs> interesting decision for QB Jamie Newman. Uh, but. The, into the fray, I think, enters USC transfer. Oh, JT Daniels. JT Daniels, you're likely Georgia starting quarterback. Still got it. Yes, that's right. Um, anyhow, I think this Georgia team, though, obviously they're going to be talented. They are. They have a new offensive coordinator this year. But, uh, yeah, we'll see. So, I mean, that, that could be a good thing. They might be a little more uh, on the front foot as it comes to offense. Or they could be learning – a new offense in a season where you had no spring football and you also had limited, <laughs> limited fall football and you could be really limited with what you do. Uh, they're going to be good on the lines. They've recruited really, really well the past few years. Um, that's all I have to say about Georgia. I mean, I, I, I don't know that they have realistic national championship uh, expectations this year, but they could win the East. They're favored to win the East. Yeah. Jason, what do you think about the dogs? Uh, I still think it's hilarious that the quarterback is of the pros. Um, <laughs> that's yeah. most of it. Just, just uh, to clarify, not we're not joking about him sitting out and going to the pros. That's totally yeah. any player that feels they want to should do that uh, yeah. to be safe or get <clears throat> that money. Uh, him doing it is, is funny. Him, yes. That's, yes. Not the name we would have expected to be in that situation. Listen, he was at the helm of the claw fence merely months ago, and now he's getting ready for the NFL draft. taking a sabbatical. The claw fence (laughs) is mentally exhausting. Listen, he looks like a specimen. I saw saw him doing some drills and throwing and stuff. I mean, he could be be great, but I don't know if the NFL is in the business of drafting – quarterback like that raw of a quarterback prospect unless you're the Packers and you take Jordan Love. How much are they gonna miss Rodrigo Blankenship? I think that's gonna make a decision on the season. They a lot. I mean I think they miss him the the underrated you know miss is in the locker room, obviously. For Rodrigo just won't show up on the stats. You can't, you can't replace that kind of leadership. No. That that type of presence it, it doesn't show up on the stat sheet but it, it will be sorely missed. Right. Um I like my thing on Georgia, I'm, I, you know, obviously Will Route loves the Gators. We want to see the Gators win the East. I want to see Georgia go through like four quarterbacks trying to figure it out. Yeah. Like, like win 16 to 14 games with that kind of, you know, 
win a win game 16 to 14 that kind of score um but just not be happy at all with the QB play and still like run three guys out there in a game really really infuriate and flabbergast Kirby that's what right. I want to see from the dogs the new offensive coordinator is Todd Munkin as well um in case you're wondering James Coley the former offensive coordinator who I mean didn't exactly razzle dazzle us uh, in, in the past. Year. Has re- I believe has Energy. remained on staff and is an assistant head coach. So so he got he I had mean, the gentleman's demotion. <laughs> yeah, right, right. Um, so I mean, basically, they have a head coach that doesn't do a whole lot of coaching and an assistant head coach now <laughs> that doesn't do a whole lot of coaching, and and I guess they have Mulkin and then whoever their defensive coordinator is. I guess Kirby probably has a, a huge role in the defensive game planning Allegedly. and stuff, but uh, supposedly, but um, we can talk about this now. So let's say Georgia has a disappointing year. What is the, uh, what is the tension level? How, how lemon booty does it get for Kirby in Athens? Um, having come so close, I mean, they were in the playoff at least once um, disappointing results. You lose the national championship game to Alabama in crushing fashion a few years ago, but, uh, I mean, I think Georgia, the way that they operate, they're like the Clippers. They operate like they've, uh, like they've, they've won a championship already and they haven't in in over 40 years. And, um, I don't know. I, I guess I, I, I don't want to put him on the hot seat. I'm prepared to, but I just think that if they have like a, a season, maybe where they quote unquote come down to earth. I mean, if they go, what is it? Uh, seven they have 10 three. games, seven and three or, you know, and, and struggle. I mean, they lost to South Carolina last year. I think so. it has to, I think it's going to have to get pretty bad for <laughs> yeah. him to be an intro. I think, yeah, especially, think, this, especially in 2020, I would agree. Yes. That's what I mean. Um, that, that's actually the only thing I mean. Uh, I think, I do think <laughs> if like, if, if they go like seven and three, if they have like one embarrassing loss and then two other losses, and they don't beat anybody. They're kind of not supposed to like, don't knock off Alabama or somebody like that. Then I think he goes into next year having to produce, like having to make the playoff and maybe the title game. Um, and probably just the playoff. But yeah, I think it would take a, an implosion of historic proportions for him to be talked about by the end of the season. Yeah, but I mean, you just got to remember. I mean, uh, they. Uh, Mark Richt was on the hot seat for like the better part of the, you know, five most, of, six, the most of the decade. And like, I mean, he had a lot of the same sort of results and success that Kirby has had. So um, okay, now that's, so that's looking back at it. I guess I'm, just, I'm curious to know when we, when did Georgia fans eventually like get to the, like, I just don't think Kirby can get it done. You know, oh, it's uh, like, like after week one, when they don't because, blow somebody because out get it done for Georgia fans is win a national championship week one. Um, and you know it's hard to do. Yeah, so I guess I'm now, gonna reframe... Mark Rick in his last ten years only had three ten win seasons, four ten win seasons. <laughs> and only. Kirby had three eleven win seasons already. So right, he he has been a lot better than Kirby already, as likable as Rick was. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's always a, a battle up against the realism of your SEC fans and boosters and. Hell if I know what they're going to expect. Right. Okay. All right. Yeah, I, no, just wanna, I, I just want to just start the say, conversation. Like, so I guess a way to reframe the question <clears throat> is what will it take for Georgia to keep Kirby's seat from 
from being warm heading into 2021. Sure. So like I so, think so I think nine and one they're fine. I think he has to make the playoff to not be at least talked about. Interesting. Well, wow, that's a high bar. That's a high bar to clear with with Alabama. Only, in, I mean, we, to be fair, we don't know what the, the country's going to look like, but only yeah. like yeah. two-thirds of the country's playing football and like people are going to – I mean, everybody should make peace with it now. There's going to be games canceled in the middle of the season. Yep. Sure. Um, and so we have no idea what it's going to look like. The college football playoff says they're still going to go on, which they probably will. They can do whatever they want. They're an outside entity. But we don't know what it's going to look like. Virginia Tech's going to make the playoff at zero and zero. They're just going to wait <laughs> everybody out. Fun, but, um, but like, I mean, Ohio State is a perennial playoff team. Yeah. Maybe they get, maybe they get back. Maybe everything goes fine in the Big Ten. I don't know. Yeah. There's no Pac-12 Although they, it seems like they're coming back. So it, there's so many unknowns that. Yeah. I think it also depends. Like, I think. It depends the way he does it. Like if I didn't, I didn't see their schedule. I know you guys talked about it. And I completely missed it. Um, so Georgia starts. Let's see: Arkansas, Auburn, Tennessee. I think if they lose one, I think if they lose, hell, if they're two and two after four weeks, it's going to start being talked about. But then if he wins yeah. out, oh, if they're two and fine. two after four weeks, it's going to be mad sweaty for him, right? Exactly, and then but then if yeah, they win they out, play, it's they do play Auburn and Alabama in the they first should four weeks. Auburn. They should, they should but I mean, this is this is good. Zombie Gus Malzahn. We had the same freaking conversation about it's Malzahn it. every year. Like it's he it should. It's that their fans believe that they should. Yeah, yeah. It's at so, it's at Auburn. Ooh, on the plains, week two. No, <laughs> JT Daniels. No, Auburn is in Athens. Oh, it says Athens. I just can't read. Um, Sorry. So I mean, that, that's the thing. If they if they win in Fayetteville and they win over Tennessee and they lose to Auburn and then go to Alabama and lose. Oh, 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 oh. it'll be delightful. And they'll still be. Then he's in Florida. trouble. Then, yeah. I mean, who else is going to beat them? I mean, they, they got to beat Florida in Duval. If, but okay, this... if they win the last and they finish eight and two, then he's fine. But if, if they win the first seven and then they lose two of the last three to Mississippi State, South Carolina, or Vanderbilt, which they're not going to go to Vanderbilt. That, I look at that before I made this case. It, it depends on the order in which oh, they lose things. On what his, his. I th- yeah, I mean, it it could get really spicy real quick if they go into the bye week with two losses and then they don't beat Florida. That is a scenario oh, that I could that's see. Yeah. If they're three and three the second week of November, yeah, then things get questionable. Oh, man. Wouldn't that be tremendous? <laughs> You truly hate this. Logan's eyes yeah. are lighting up. At yeah, the you truly, yeah. <laughs> and then don't they got that trap game with South Carolina and Columbia mm-hmm. in week, uh, week, whatever that is, 10. Uh, whatever. Yeah. All right. Let's, uh, let's keep it moving here. We're, we're dragging on these SEC teams. We got Auburn next. I think a lot of the Auburn conversation we, we kind of covered when we talked about Georgia. I feel like they're in similar boats. Like, um, their coach is perennially, well, except for their coach actually is perennially on the hot seat for no, for no reason, really. I mean, they've been uh, good to really good and have, have looked up at a really a legendary LSU team last year and uh, a handful of legendary Alabama teams. I wish they'd beaten that Alabama team a couple of times. Um, so I don't know. I just, Auburn seems like they're a 
October Saturday away from probably being in the national in the playoff talk, but they'll just drop a game that they probably shouldn't lose. Last year they did it uh, in Gainesville to Florida. Yeah, and, I mean, and it's not that they shouldn't have lost that game, but that's if you want to if you want to be what Auburn thinks they should be, you got to win that game against a Florida team that's your quote unquote better than. Yeah, uh, obviously Bo Nix is the huge wild card here. Yes, he if, is. If he again, what kind of offseason growth? Are you experiencing if it's very good? Auburn could be a damn good team this year. If it's yeah. kind of mediocre growth, then you've potentially got real problems on your hands. So I'm excited to watch Auburn, honestly, like first couple of weeks, just to see what we're working with. More of a curiosity standpoint than anything. They oh. brought in um, a new offensive coordinator as well, uh, former Arkansas head coach. Had to uh, replace Rhett Lashley, obviously. Who hasn't been there for like five years. <laughs> Rhett Lashley. The whole, also, the whole he created when he left. They've been Rhett, spending years. Somehow Rhett Lashley has spun his like brief run on a, uh, a, a explosive, weird uh, Auburn offense as like the co-coordinator the backfield coordinator into a lot of things of which one of them was a failed stint as connecticut's offensive coordinator i believe Listen, man as long as bizarre. my royalties check clears for but all the okay. slicing i've been doing don't worry miami fans are fully in on the red lashley experience though after we should one. be yeah okay so auburn tbd slide them in i mean they're probably gonna be the second best team in the west i would think um that just because I think LSU has lost too much from a personnel standpoint. Yeah. And the last team I want to just mention was Tennessee. So Tennessee did their thing. They do most years where they go down the stretch. They, uh, they win, maybe win out when their last four, win three of their last four. Everyone's feeling good about this team has turned the corner, forgetting the fact that this happens every year. And uh, you know, they tend to, I, I think their the scheduling quirks this year might work in their favor a little bit, or might just even out. Um, how do you guys feel about Tennessee? How do you feel about the coaching situation there? I mean, I, I think they're going to roll with, uh, is old Jared Guant Garantano still on the team? Guantanamo. <laughs> Guantanamo. <laughs> Bam. Added a Bayou. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know either. I've clearly well, researched the Vols very yeah. hardly. Yeah. I mean, I, 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 I guess. Uh, attention to detail. So a lot, of, a lot of positive uh, energy around that program at the end of the season. But I, I, I'm gonna be, I'm gonna reserve judgment to see who they play at quarterback, how their offense looks, because they just, they, they just didn't really seem that they could do much last year. They had some talented pieces. They always have a good defensive lineman. They tend to have a really good wide receiver, some, some talent. I mean, it's a, it's a bona fide SEC team and, and roster, but. Uh, I don't know. There's, there's just something that's been off. Like they don't look dangerous. Right. If, if that makes sense. I've never, I haven't felt that Tennessee was like, you know, much more than a team that was like, could beat Vanderbilt, you know? Like, I would, yeah. I, if I, the past, if the my past school years. was playing Tennessee, I would never be afraid. That's, right. that's <laughs> the kind of energy they bring. Like it's so hard to take them seriously because the East is so kind of top heavy between Florida and Georgia and, so yeah. all the other schools really don't have a whole lot of a shot to make it to Atlanta necessarily. And in the past, it's kind of been like, oh, South Carolina could get a little extra <laughs> a little way go and, and maybe <laughs> maybe throw their hat in the ring, but it's never going to be Tennessee. Like, 
Tennessee yeah. is the Tennessee, court jester. Tennessee says the their defense is really good. I don't yeah. know. They're the court jester who's like, your job is to give me uh, coaching hot seat entertainment. Right. It's for me. With your state trooper ass looking coach every four to five years. <laughs> Who they they have another one now. I uh, that's what I'm saying. Who I think actually has a very cozy relationship with the state troopers. In, I in, bet uh, he does. Hey, oh. All right. We will move on from that. So those are your your teams to look out for. I'm also a little bit intrigued by Texas AM just because I I'm just always that's a weird, a weird place. Texas AM's a weird spot. They have a like they have one of the what three or four active coaches that has won a national championship. And like, I think they get kind of passed over, but I don't know that they're going super far with Kellen Mond as their starting quarterback. Um, so we'll see. This is what, this is what year seven of us saying that um, Kellen Mond uh, wonder what's wonder when he's going to put it all together for Texas A&M. So I, what do you think was going through Jimbo's head when they were like discussing all this? Uh, will we play? Won't we play stuff? Cause he, I mean, his contract's all guaranteed. So he had got to be like, if if it were me, yeah. I'm like, please cancel the damn season so I can just go <laughs> sit in my deer stand for yeah. three months. I got a pontoon boat. I'm gonna douse myself in urine. Yeah. In so tree. I'm started, like, I'm started I'm raining Texas you know, was, every week. Started raining on those kind of drives out to like Newmarket or Shenandoah or something. And it's like, nah, bang it, call it. Trying to get out of here. <laughs> Can't do it. Yeah, yeah, so that's going to be my strategy. I'm going to fade A&M all year solely based on the Good theory strategy. that they're not going to be prepared because Jimbo was checked out hoping they'd cancel the season. Good news for them, though, is they don't open the season with Clemson for the second straight year. So that's a that's a good move. Turns yeah. turns out that's not a great way to start your season off by just getting um, overwhelmed by, by Clemson. But, uh, no, they were close. There was that one year. They only lost like 24 to 17 or something, but – um, they covered one year. <laughs> they did cover it. A backdoor. Oh, yeah. It was a backdoor cover of all backdoor <laughs> covers. I remember right. it. Legendary. I was rooting it so hard, too. I was sitting there. I was like, I think I was like, Jimbo, call the timeout. You got to call the timeout and throw it in the end zone. He remembers uh, it fondly. I do. It was one of the like four games I won last year. Of course, I remember <laughs> it fondly. It was a bad year last year, but it's okay. We're going to get back this year. All right. Let's talk coaches real quick, and then we can make a couple picks and move on to the ACC. But we have uh, four new coaches in the SEC this year. Lane Kiffin at Ole Miss. Uh, strangely quiet on the Lane Kiffin front. Sam Pittman at I Arkansas. I think they're going to be bad, so I think <laughs> yeah. he's piping down. <laughs> there you go. Former uh, Georgia offensive line coach and, uh, you know, a little bit of recruiting whiz over there at Georgia. Uh, Elijah Drinkwitz is the head coach at Mizzou. Is he? He's new this year, right? This isn't – this isn't uh, – yeah, yeah, because Barry Odom got fired last year. All right, sorry. Thank you. I had to talk that out to myself. Uh, and then Mike Leach. We haven't got no Mike Leach talk either. Uh, Mississippi State, I think they're going to be starting former Stanford great K.J. Costello at quarterback. <laughs> <laughs> Things are getting weird in the state of Mississippi. Um, that's a fun group of coaches, different. Uh, I mean, certainly the Mississippi ones. Potentially very fuego egg bowl scenarios a lot of volatility as we've talked about for months but uh yeah i mean coaching wise sec and in general kind of like jason mentioned uh it's gonna be hard to take anything super seriously this year just because of the unique circumstances like i'm not gonna be too down on a new coach if they yeah. underperform i'm not gonna be too up on a coach if they overperform I'm going to take, just try and take everything with a grain of salt this year. 
Right. Sure. Uh, I am just intrigued to see how like the Mike Leach back in the, I mean, he's been in the SEC before he's not a dummy, although he says the things that a dummy would say sometimes, but he just like his, he is like our last great air raid stand, you know, like he runs puro, like unrefined, uncut air raid still no one else, no one else really does that. And like, you know, there's certain coaches that are kind of onto him. You know, I think we ran into that uh, in the Pac-12 a little bit with, was it with Oregon? Or there was uh, one of those teams that was just like, they had him figured out. Maybe it was Utah. I don't know who it was. Regardless, I'm interested to see how that goes and if he if his system either helps elevate yeah, the, 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 the talent. It's Washington that always had him figured out. Yes, it was Washington. Route. Right, yes. Yeah. So, I mean, if – if uh, I'm just interested to see if his system can help elevate the maybe talent level at Mississippi State to be more competitive, or if it's like, oh man, y'all are running West Coast offense, like we're just gonna chew this up because we have rangy outside linebackers that can run and you know cover the flats, and you're not gonna be able to just dump it off over right. the middle. So, um, but you know, I like a good X's and O's breakdown. All right, hot seat season. I have a few. Um, I put Will Muschamp on here just as a question mark. I feel like that is an annual conversation that we have. Um, I have Derek Mason on here as well, Vanderbilt. I feel like he comes and goes. They, they're just not very good, but he still gets talked about. Like he might go back to Stanford eventually one day and coach out there, which is odd. Uh, and then I have the the whole Kirby Gus Malzahn, uh, Kirby Smart Gus Malzahn conversation we had earlier just as a placeholder, put a pin in it. We'll see how the season shakes out. It could get hot for either of those guys, depending on uh, some results. Sure. All right. Let's uh, let's make some some predictions here. Are we are we all in agreement that Alabama is going to win the West? Yes. Are they doing East and yeah. West this year? I don't know. I think they kept division. I mean, MGM's I taking sure. bets on conference winners or division winners. So yeah, I would assume. Yeah. Okay, well, let's uh, let, let's assume Alabama wins that side. Uh, I'll go ahead and and put my money where my mouth is and say Florida wins the East, and uh, Alabama probably still wins the conference. Disappointingly, but yeah, I'm gonna say Alabama over Florida. Um, but I want to go Florida over Alabama. I feel like Alabama over Georgia might happen, but I'm going to joke around because Florida would be more fun. So let's emotionally hedge this thing. <laughs> Love it. All right, excited for Florida to like lose to uh, Lane Kiffin week one. We'll see how it goes. Uh, do we want to, uh, before we dive into our next conference, do we want to save that for next episode? I realize it's weird to save it for uh, after a week of games. What? Oh, a preview? Yeah. Um, I mean, this really is going to be like a three-hour podcast. If we yeah, do. I don't, I don't really think, I don't really think it matters. So yeah, I think we can, uh, I think we can move, move right in to go yeah, ahead and talk to. about the week that is coming up and make some picks. Yep. Yeah. All right, good call, Jason. We'll talk about the ACC soon enough. Uh, Mike Norvell, I'm, I'm on. Even the I'm, best. I got, I got my beady eyes on on Tallahassee. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> things aren't things aren't going well. Two take machine. Two receivers in the transfer portal this week, but I. Apparently he was not surprised that either of them went in, which is a good thing for your. No, he very clearly said. Yeah, he's just like no, with a grin on his face. <laughs> uh, no, I'm really happy actually. It's a really good thing. 
tried to he tried to Belichick it, but he couldn't he couldn't break it. He had the smile on his face. Excited DJ Matthews off the team. Listen, some of these guys are head cases and need to get out of there. So you know that that that's how it goes. Uh, I think UVA had some guys not exactly jive with the Bronco Mendenhall experience as well. So that's true. You know these things happen. All right, Jordan, take us into the week ahead. Uh, we got some games. We got picks to make. Uh, well, how's the schedule look? It's still a little weird, right? Still no, a SD- little wonky. A lot of no, entries. No a lot of postponed lines and or canceled lines still kind of on the ESPN page. So if they would clean that up, I would appreciate it. Um, uh, we're back, boys. Picking games against spread once again. Five games a week, every week, oh. except for the weeks that we didn't do it so far. Um, for, uh, or this week, right? And we only have two this week. <laughs> oh, we're going five to the wall, Jason. Oh gosh, there's only two in the spread, Jim. So, or the notes. Uh, yeah. Well, that's because I'm driving the spreadsheet. So, um, <laughs> as a reminder to our listeners, uh, the year of our Lord 2019. <laughs> Uh, picks did not go as well as they have in the past. Uh, Logan came in third at 29, <laughs> 53 and four. Gosh, Jason geez. in second place at 36, 46 and four. And I ended up on top 42, 40 and four. So we're back. Week Tough year. two, we'll call it. Um, we've got three nooners, a three thirty and a 7.30 this week. Uh, So we're going to start Syracuse at Pittsburgh, noon p.m. Eastern. Pittsburgh is favored by 21 and a half points. Jason Crick, do the honors. Jason, you were the one that wanted to skip the ACC preview. You would have been primed on all these teams if we had done the ACC preview. I would have been way more educated. That's true. Uh this is in Pittsburgh, right? Yep. Three the Nardus. You don't give the Nardus a 21-plus point line. Nardus, Doug. Um, this is Syracuse fresh off of giving up like 40 points in the second half to North Carolina, right? Yep. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I'm going to take Syracuse to lose by like only 18 or something. Okay. Uh, this, is, uh, this is definite backdoor cover for sure. For Syracuse or for Pitt? Syracuse is going to back over this. Oh, okay. They're going to cut it to, cut it to 21 at the last second. It's I was going to think happen. like Pitt I mean, was going to like, like uh... fumble Syracuse into a backdoor cover. That's true. That's, that's even more ideal. Bobble the kneel down or something. Yeah. Uh, okay, I'm next. I'm going to take Pittsburgh. Whoa. Uh, just because they're like, they're like defense is always sneaky, kind of really physical every year. Yes. Um, that's an Arduzzi trait. Yeah. And, and Syracuse struggled to do stuff against North Carolina who like they're recruiting well and stuff, but I yeah. think they're still a year or two away from being yes. developed. So right. Pitt, put Pitt in. I can never forgive Narduzzi for what he did last year when he, he tried to kick that field goal from the one yard line <laughs> and they missed the field goal and his team was still down like the same seven. amount. Uh, I mean, like I was, it was the fourth quarter of a seven point game. Yes. It was one of the dumbest things I've ever seen. So I'm going to take Syracuse to not lose by 21 and a half. Sick. All right. Uh, we're going to take it to Texas 
uh, for our next one. Still a noon p.m. Eastern kickoff. We've got Houston at Baylor. Uh, Baylor is favored by four. And I'm going to go ahead and take Baylor. Yeah, I'm going to go ahead and jump on Baylor as well. This one feels like it's going to get pretty pointsy, right? Potentially. I think it could, but who's – I mean, what's what's Houston working with? Not Deer King. QB wise these days. Yeah, that line feels too low. I feel like he has got the talent. Um, yeah. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take Baylor. I'm gonna definitely going to – it's both teams' first games, so there's just going to be chaos. Right. Yeah, Dave, Dave Aranda's debut – Right. As the head coach yeah. of the Baylor Bears, so maybe it won't get pointsy. Got to yeah, and you know, man in the chair. Babers, Babers got to show off to try to get that job next. You know, so he's going to try not to lose to Pittsburgh by twenty-one points. Try to get a yeah. sweet cover. <laughs> so covering twenty-one and a half is going to be the justification for getting the <laughs> Baylor job. Yeah, he's just continually blessing us with reasons. Uh, <laughs> our third nooner of the day: Navy at Tulane, Logan. Tulane is favored by a clean seven points. Really? Um, side note, Tulane's head coach, Willie Fritz, signed a seven-year extension, I saw. Get paid, Willie. <laughs> Good for Tulane. They know he's destined for middle-of-the-road SEC job here pretty soon. He's going to take your, your, next Vanderbilt, your next Vanderbilt head coach <laughs> is Willie Fritz. Um, Tulane by seven, you say? Yep. For Navy? Navy really falling apart. Uh, give me Tulane. Let's go Green Wave. Jason. Sorry, I had to reply to a text there. My apologies. Hmm. Sweet humble uh, brag, bro. Was that a like a pretty humble brag? You better not be doing any humble bragging about your audio situation because it's not coming through crisp these days. I got the I got the blue I got the what it's I like, forget what we call I think it's your internet connection. It, it's laggy. Yeah, it's just a laggy. Uh, Anyhow. Don't worry. All to glow fiber is coming tomorrow. I already have it. Oh yes, then it'll be my fault just again. Get yourself a hundred foot long Ethernet cable and you'll be banging away at this thing. Um Yeah, I'll take uh I don't think Navy's very good. I'm gonna take two line to cover that. Yeah, Navy lost uh like uh Guy who started a quarterback there for like four years or something, right? Malcolm Perry, I think. Yes, yeah, he was really good. So yeah, we'll Navy, they got, they got they, hammered at home by BYU last week. They had a rough week last week. Uh, Coach they, Ken beat South Alabama by three, so it's not like they're world beaters. Yeah, Coach Ken was not in a good mood. Had to apologize for some comments he made after the game. I think that criticized folks up the chain of command, if you will. Um, so I think there's, there's a little bit of, you know, uh, rabble being roused in the Navy house. Um, so I'm going to take Tulane. I do think though, like remembering Tulane games from last year, big feet off the crowd team. Like that was a team that needed a home crowd. So I'm a little concerned that they're not going to have that same juice and, The uh, the service academy boys could just walk all over that ass. Uh, a nice a nice daiquiri infused home crowd there at the uh, Tulane Stadium. But we'll see. Uh, fourth game of the day, we move into the three thirty p.m. time slot for UCF at Georgia Tech. <laughs> I, did UCF play last no, week? 
Okay, so it'll be UCF season opener, Georgia Tech coming off of an enthralling victory against Florida State. Uh, UCF favored by seven and a half. Jason, you get to start. This is at Georgia Tech and UCF is favored by seven and a half. Oh, God. FSU, what's up, (laughs) y'all? I think UCF is really good, but it's also the first game and Georgia Tech's already gotten all those kinks out. And I, yeah, I don't, uh, I don't like UCF being able to play or like deal with that the whole game. It's not fun for sixty minutes. So I'm gonna take uh, I'm gonna take Georgia Tech okay. to at least cover. I don't know if they'll win, but they'll it'll be like a field goal game. All right. Uh, right. <laughs> I mean, I really want to pick UCF, but I'll just go ahead and like ride the hot dealer, Georgia Tech. Let's do it. That 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 little tag of a half point is really looking delicious. Yeah. I'm going to, God, I, I mean, like I said, I'm going to take Georgia tech as well. I just think Georgia tech, they did what they needed to do last week. They found, they figured some stuff out against a, a talented, maybe not the, the most well coached, but a talented defense and defensive front of which UCF's not exactly going to bring to the table. Um, at least on par with FSU's and, Georgia Tech, I think, f- figured some stuff out with that quarterback. I mean, he's he's uh, a really good athlete, can move around, extend stuff. I just think they're going to be able to play confident, a little confident on defense, and uh, generate some points. So yeah, I think they'll cover. Um, based on what I saw last week, I'm encouraged by uh, their progress as a program under Jeff Collins. Yeah. Now but- listen. UCF could come out and score 28 points the first quarter. So, I mean, that's like also that's a what, what you're going to get with UCF, but we'll see. Yep. Uh, all right. Our fifth and final game of the Saturday slate, Miami of Florida at Louisville, 7.30 p.m. Eastern kickoff, Louisville. <laughs> game day in town. Yeah, game day in town at the Slice. Uh, Louisville is favored by two and a half, and – I'm going to take Miami. No no justification. I do like Louisville's potential. I don't know that they're there yet in terms of consistency. And I think Miami having kind of the more experienced quarterback, even though it's in a different system, different setting environment, is going to pay off. So I'll go with the Canes. Uh man, I'm gonna is... take I'm gonna take Louisville, Miami on the road. Not exactly a lot uh, to be desired there. I wasn't overly impressed with Miami last week. I mean, I, I thought they didn't need to show a whole lot. They ran the ball down um, UAB's throat, but I, I mean, I didn't really think that like their offensive line was like that dominant. I just think that they were better than UAB's defensive line. So. Sure. Um, We'll see. I didn't see a whole lot of variation. I, I'm thinking Louisville will be able to like maybe force Miami to actually have to try to be a little more creative on offense. And if they can do that, they can easily cover this game. Um, but I mean, King didn't exactly wow me throwing football all over the park last week. Again, he didn't really need to, but it seems like whenever they actually ran passing plays, it, they just turned into King scrambling plays. And I think against a faster defense like Louisville, that that might uh, pre- prevent some problems present some problems so Mm. give me the cards 
Um, I'm going to take Miami. Uh, like Logan said, I don't love taking Miami on the road. Um, but I'm going to put some faith in Rhett Lash. Uh, it, well, obviously, that goes without saying, Jordan. Um, but I would put some faith in Derek King uh, knocking the rust off and looking a little more like himself this week. Um, and I, I mean, also that that running game is, I think, pretty pretty stout. Um, it's legit. And so I uh, it's running running game usually holds up pretty decently on the road. Uh, and I don't know if Louisville has a great run defense, so <clears throat> I think that'll help. So I'm going to take. The Canes. Remember when Miami lost to Georgia Tech at home last year? Yeah. Nope. This is also just like classic Miami territory to get a big win early in the That's season true. so we can all just right. be like, ooh, the U yep. is back. Manny, Manny uh, Diaz got some things figured out. It fits the meta, if you will. They're going to beat Louisville on the road. Uh, they're going to extend Manny Diaz for some un- <laughs> unexplainable reason. And then Miami will sink back to like grasping for a bowl game at the end of the year. It'll be glorious. So that's it. We just told you how week two is going to go, folks. You're all welcome. Gotcha. Three three unanimous picks concerning. We didn't even bring in the SP plus, uh, uh, you know, predictions, which is don't need them. Not good. Don't need them. (laughs) Don't want them. Can't win with them. Can't coach. Uh, can't win with them. Can't, can't coach them. <laughs> oh man, we watched a lot of Sports Center back in the day, didn't we? <laughs> certain things, certain certain things are a tell, uh, and that's that's one of them. Uh, all right, you guys got anything else? So, I mean, excited to get into another week here. Definitely excited to see some uh, some some SEC football here next week. Uh, yeah. But we'll uh, we'll keep it moving for show. Yep. All right, thanks, thanks for joining us. This is the Wheel Route. See us, see us on the internet at thewheelroute.com. Uh, we're also at the Wheel Route on Twitter, and we have email wheelroutepodcast at gmail.com. Thanks for sticking with us. We love you all. Go Gators. Go Hoos. Go Dukes. Go Dukes.